With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to the Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast. Well, you know, New York is near and dear to me. I lived there for 25 years. I was just back there recently a couple weeks ago, and it's like I never left. The thing is, when you live someplace for 25 years and then you go move somewhere else, you don't really leave it's weird like it's almost like this weird split version of your life happens because when you go back it's like no time has passed and your life has continued on somehow it really is strange someone should do some kind of study on this because this is my experience and when i went back you know the thing is is when i left it was all locked down and new york's getting grimy and crazy uh everyone has lost their mind they are buying into tyranny they everybody had a mask on all that kind of stuff and you sort of feel like this doesn't bode well but when you go back now actually there is good energy on the street although i will say it seemed like a college town the east village was like overrun by sort of college age kids and i was already the old man at the party when i was there last but this became ridiculous like i did not belong at that party at all and i'm not that old but anyway my guy beck lover is back in new york he's a guy on the street he's a force of nature beck lover was born in the usa after his mother's family was hunted down by the communist regime in albania because his grandfather was an anti-communist fighter his father fled the oppression that occurred in the now non-existent country of yugoslavia now the republic of kosovo beck lover has lost a lot of people in his lifetime from various situations, including the Kosovo War in 1999. He lost 30 people in a single day when they were massacred by the Serbian military. He also was present during September 11th attacks on 9-11. He does a podcast and he comments on all kinds of situations and often makes viral videos happen. And you're going to find out why, because he's a whole lot of fun to listen to. Beck Lover, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Joseph, it's good to see you. And you weren't the only one that was a little older in the East Village. I mean, we were both hanging out there a lot. Yep. That's where we met. We met in the East Village. We became really good friends. Then the world closed down. And eventually, a lot of great people left New York City. And you're definitely one of them. And we miss you, man. It's not the same in the neighborhood without you. <clears throat> Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call us out. I'll call myself out. I used to hang out at this Kava bar a lot. And actually, uh, when when all of New York closed, that was a place that stayed open. So after like three weeks of actually kind of pretending to be locked down like everybody else, uh, that's when I just started going to that Kava bar every single day and kind of normalized my life. I think it was actually healthy. And then recently I found out one of my dear friends from that place, Mikey, uh, passed away recently. Rest in peace. He, he was a friend of yours as well, Beck. Did did you uh, hear about this? I'm not telling you new news, right? Yes. I was at his wake. It was a very tragic, uh, loss for us and our community there. Uh, you know, he was in his yeah. You know, mid mid thirties, and uh, you know, he, you know, we lost him, and he was just as a guy that was full of life, very generous, the fullest and, of life. Like I mean, everyone felt welcomed by him. He had 
uh, you know, he would always buy everyone drinks there. And then every he day, also though. had this every day. passion every day. Yeah. And he had this passion project he would always talk about that he wouldn't tell anyone what it was. And then he disappeared from the scene and everyone thought, oh, great. He got off Kava. Now, Kava, for those that don't know, isn't like the worst substance known to man. In fact, a lot of people who are sort of so-called sober tend to go to Kava bars because it's sort of like this midpoint where you can act like you're still imbibing something which you are but it's not something that's going to like ruin your whole life so to speak anyway what what happened how was the wake i'm sorry i missed that and that uh a lot of, and, and do you know how he passed a lot of people um you know it's i'm not really at liberty to say but right know, from stand heart failure or something along that nature Right. But in any event, you know, it was, yeah, it was a very big funeral. This guy was very generous. This guy was spending 600 to to $1,000 a day treating everybody at that place. He was launching two, $3,000 worth of fireworks on Independence Day. I mean, this guy was all about life, always there to make you laugh. And it's always sad in life when we lose someone who's full of life like that because their energy Holy. has an effect on us and we don't realize it until that light goes out and, and then our lives are a little bit darker without them rest in peace mikey Iola, einstein ellis aka mikey the stingray in any mikey, event i love that kid i really did love that kid I, I loved him anyway it's it is sad it's deeply sad but anyway yeah let's let's move the conversation onward uh, i mean you, you know this life is littered by loss you you were saying that new york was getting crazier and crazier give us your perspective on the immigrate uh, the immigration setup what's going on there the crime rates what do you what's your take on new york and how is it for you you know uh joseph i find it very interesting how the mayor of new york city eric adams when they were basically the border has been wide open down on, uh, with the U.S. and Texas and, you know, wherever people are coming in through, San Diego. And these people seem to find their way north. They're shipped up here. They're bussed up here. They're flown up here. And Mayor, you know, Mayor Adams at that time uh, was like, hey, you know, send them. We'll, we'll, you know, we're a sanctuary city. Well, we'll take them all. And now he's changed his song and dance. He's saying this is going to destroy the actual fabric of New York City. We cannot sustain at these levels. Okay, the East Village that you were talking about, the park down the block that me and you hang out at. Complete. Oh yeah, Tompkins. No, I know. Tompkins. I walked through there the other week, and it was nuts. It's like a refugee. Okay. Yeah, it was but, crazy. But forget, forget that for a second. Then you have like the images we've seen, the videos that have gone viral. You have these migrants who are not here legally; they're not citizens, breaking laws in this country, beating the hell out of a police officer in the heart of Manhattan. They're released on bail the next day. They're putting their middle fingers out at the media as they're coming out. And then they're gone like the wind. And meanwhile, if me and you don't put a quarter in the meter, we're paying a $100 fine. Or they're coming to harass us at our business with all these crazy rules they have. And the average New Yorker is struggling. They say, you know, 500,000 left during the pandemic. Arthur, Joseph Arthur, my friend, I believe millions of people have left New York City. There's no lights at home at nighttime. We're talking during the week. I'm getting to Wall Street during rush hour. There's no traffic. You have a couple blotches on the weekend that get busy. This is not the New York City. We have not Dude. recovered because of yeah. the lawlessness, because of everything that's going on. I believe people's leases were expiring. And with the extravagant yeah. amount of 
extent, people's leases have continued to expire and they continue to leave, Joseph. That is why seen a recovery. They're charging a 16 or $17 toll starting in June. They want to just for you to go over a certain amount of blocks. Can you imagine charging a toll? You're already in Manhattan and it's, you're, 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 you're giving these migrants, you're giving them free, free stuff, right? And then you're charging us to pay for it. The city is in trouble, Joseph. Listen, this explains why I was saying the East Village seemed like a college town now. Because it was young before. There was lots of young people and then some older people and then crusty rockers like me and you. You know what what I mean? Like cool people that are a little older that belonged there and it was fine. It all mixed. It was a melting pot. When I was there last time... It was, I didn't recognize it as a similar scene. It was like, this is a weird college town now in some, like, in some sort of not that cool city, basically. You know, when you're going touring and all of a sudden you're in some city that's all right or whatever. But then the nightlife is all just like sort of college kids getting drunk and going, that's what it, that's what the East Village feels like now. That's weird. It should feel a little bit cooler than that. The buildings are the same, right? The buildings are all there, and there's even some still being. Yeah. But the essence, the spirit, the soul of New York City, it, it, it does not feel what me and you knew most of our lives. The energy that we felt that you could do anything in this place, this is where it's made. This is the heart of the world. It has, it, it's... It's, it's devastating. It's devastating for me to really acknowledge and, and try to process that I will never see. I don't think I will ever see the New York that I grew up in, that energy that it had. It's, I, I, don't, I don't recognize my city anymore. Not even after 9-11 that I ever feel this type of hopelessness. And what the politicians did to New York City, I don't even think the terrorists on 9-11 could have done. A better job of getting rid of that many people that don't want to be there anymore because of how bad how expensive crime through the roof we're living in the clown world if they can beat the crap out of the police then who the hell are we i mean as regular citizens how are we safe if they can beat up cops and they know they get out the next day how is there going to be anyone safe in new york city it's affecting tourism nobody wants to come we're in trouble I'll tell you this too, man. I love New York City and I had a great time going there. I played a couple shows. They were packed. It was amazing. It was fun. I, you know, I see people that I love. People are happy to see me, believe it or not. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, I, but I was happy to leave. And dude, I'm living in Tempe, Arizona. You wouldn't think, oh, I can't wait to go to Tempe, Arizona. But honestly, it's, I prefer living here now. It's like, it's super fun. I have like a cool community here. There's enough for me to do. I'm kind of into my yoga and into my cold plunge and into some hikes and then my work and all that. It's in my daughter. It's enough. It's like, and I love to visit New York, but I do not miss living there at all. Are you going to live somewhere else? I think what we're going to see is these various other cities like Arizona, Tempe, Phoenix, and, 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 you know, things going on in Texas, things going on in Florida. And there's going to be that cultural energy going into these kind of cities. Are you going to move? You've already explored Florida and some other places. What's your plan? Joseph, I'm dying to get out of here and I'm Mr. New York. Right. You know, been here yeah. my whole life. 
I'm very connected in New York City. My whole life has been here. I don't want to live here, Joseph, but I am unfortunately stuck at the moment. My kids, um, you know, my family, my parents, I've been trying to get the hell out of here. And if it was up to me, I'd be there in Florida, Texas, or Arizona. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, you're 100% right. I believe Miami's booming, man. It's booming. I, I wish I was in Miami right now. And you talk about doing your, you know, your cold plunge. I don't have to. I just open this door to my studio and go outside for five minutes. So I got you beat with the cold plunge. But in any event, you know, it's just mind boggling to me, you know, how people can't see that there's something really wrong. And, and to get back to Mayor Adams, I don't find it a coincidence that he goes against this agenda of having an open border, shipping the migrants all over the place. And as soon as he speaks out against that and how, how harmful it is to New York, remember, he was inviting them in. All yeah. of a sudden, he's under investigation. All of a sudden, they're going into his office. I don't know if you know, they raided his office. They're investigating. I didn't know that. I, I don't you know. I, I guess it's just a coincidence. I guess the minute you speak no, out not. global Talk about that, there, there seems to be uh, definitely a nefarious plan to sort of you know, Silent. create chaos in, in America in general, take down America in general to like destroy the sort of fabric of the big cities, create chaos. Here's a bunch of drugs. They're giving all these like, you know, in Canada, I saw their like prescription cocaine, prescription meth, prescription heroin that they're giving out to people. If you don't want to take their sort of assisted, assisted suicide, you know, it's like, what is going on? And then you, and then you have this sort of open border thing that is just creating total chaos. And, and, you know, even if you sort of spoke up against that a few years ago, you got called a racist, but it's like, no, it was just we can't handle this without the country breaking down. And now we're seeing it in New York and we're seeing it in other places. What do you think's behind this? Do you think Joe Biden is a captured administration? Did you see that dark Brandon meme he put out with the laser eyes right after the Super Bowl? I mean, what do you think's going on in terms of like it being an inside job in America, destroying America? I truly believe there's a global agenda. It's not just about America. I truly believe that they are trying to degenerate our population as much as they can. They're, I don't think marijuana overnight became legal because they had a change of heart. I think they're like, let's just numb the population. Let everyone drink. Let everyone do drugs because distracted people can't pay attention to the corruption, the crime, the absolute infiltration of our nation, in my opinion by global and foreign threats and, and domestic traders, in my opinion, to demoralize our police, to demoralize our military, to demoralize the average American. We're sitting here sending money to blow up places all over the world for the last 25 years and even longer than that. And unjustly, by the way, in my opinion, and as someone that was in the World Trade Center the day it was hit, I don't feel vindicated at all. The way we left Afghanistan, and I can go on and on and on. And the average American, the average Australian, the average Canadian, the average Westerner is in danger because if America goes down, they come with us, all of them, all the mm -hmm. Western powers. You got the BRICS system rising up. You have people believing that crypto is their friend. It's not. Okay. People believe this. Hey, fairy wait a minute. Wait, Let me fill it. You just Let me blew fill it. my mind. No, go ahead. Go ahead. People think that there was this Japanese wizard 
they told us this beautiful fairy tale. There was a Japanese right. wizard and he was a magical wizard and he invented Bitcoin. And Satoshi Nakamoto. They let people fall in love with that fairy tale to kind of, because if they told us the real objective with cryptocurrency in the future, what's called the blockchain, my friend, absolutely control our lives in every aspect. Okay. It's going to make China look like a joke with their surveillance state that they have. If people really understood, I'm no one saying you can't make money with it, but at what cost to the future generations when they can just turn you off everything. Mm -hmm. You got these Apple pro vision glasses coming out. I well, saw let's talk about that next. Let me let me let me take a quick break and we'll pick it up from there because there's a right. lot to go into with the central bank digital currency. What you're saying about the blockchain that that's going to be the final sort of coffin nail in, in their ability to control us. What they're going to do is crash the economy and then offer this magical digital money, the central bank digital currency money, and it's going to be like you're going to go, yeah, I'll take it five thousand dollars a month to buy my Amazon stuff, and I don't have to worry about this anymore. But then that's when. The uh, passport control will be around everybody's neck. Let's get Beck's take on that right after these words on TNT. TNT's Mark Morano. Here's the bottom line. Higher CO2, which allegedly is causing catastrophic climate change, has led to the greening of planet Earth. 2016, NASA acknowledges there have been multiple studies, a recent study, Deserts are shrinking, forests are growing, plant life is, is increasing, and here's the biggest part. Crop yields are through the roof. Through a combination of the CO2 greening of the earth and also technological advancements in farming, high yield agriculture, the green revolution, etc. But the problem is not, as she said, the farmers aren't protesting because, oh, things are bad because of climate change, and that's why we need more net zero rules to make things better with our climate. No. They're protesting because the climate regulations are what are killing the farmers, not climate change. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at this stuff. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Back with Beck Lover, we're talking about the central bank digital currency, cryptocurrency, the blockchain. It's called the blockchain for a reason. Just like me quitting Zin. Zin is really close to sin. I mean, it's all revealed just in the words and blockchain. That doesn't sound like something that's going to bring freedom, does it, Beck? No, absolutely not. I envision a future where if you're not a good citizen, global government, global monetary policy, all through this electronic currency that everyone is being persuaded to use and thinking that it's going to be a great thing. And what people don't realize 
is just because the price of a coin goes up. They're thinking this is the future. We're going to be good. Bitcoin's here forever. Yeah, it might be. But the way blockchain operates, the way they can monitor, the way they can turn it off in the future. And what people don't understand is even if you have a certain type of coin and you put all your money into it and it's going up, and I'm not saying you can't make money, but the reason a lot of these coins got their value was because people like Elon Musk and this guy and that guy said, we're going to accept that type of a coin. So the perceived value skyrocketed. All it takes is for a government to say, this type of coin is now illegal to be accepted by any corporation. You could keep it in your wallet, but I promise you the value will plummet to zero. They're going to bring crypto into our lives, friends, but the crypto that they want, the crypto that they can control, and it's going to control you, my friends. And I hope Listen, you say- David Ike. David Icke was saying something very similar to this about social media, about free speech on X and about Elon Musk and saying Elon Musk is this sort of supposed liberty hero of free speech. And yet he's sort of ushering in with the soft sell of AI takeover with the brain chip and everything. He says the end result is exactly the same between Elon Musk soft selling us AI takeover or so someone like Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab hard selling it he said the end result is the same and what you're saying is that with sort of blockchain it's like yeah bitcoin lures us in with this dream of financial freedom but then the end result is going to be central bank digital currency and passport digital id passport control but then you have to ask what's the answer as they're crashing our economy down to sort of usher all this in i mean the dollar is going to be worthless too what do we do just go back to bartering and 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 working on farms i mean because you're going to have to get your money some kind of way we're not financial advisors me and you but yeah if it was me making a decision for my future, God's money is not going nowhere. Gold, silver. But as far as Elon Musk is concerned, I don't trust the guy at all. At all. Zero. First of all, he's definitely plant. How do you take control of the U.S.'s space program? You think they just let you walk in? Oh, because his technology was better. They just basically disbanded NASA and made this guy like the head of all space. I don't buy it, man. This guy's one yeah. of them. They use Twitter to get everybody on there. <clears throat> Anything you're writing on these platforms, if these people take over the world, they're going to use against you. They're going to mark you as someone that's a threat to whatever hunger game society they're creating with their 15 minute cities. This is my true opinion. And I don't trust the guy as far as I can throw him anymore. I was trying to give him a grain of salt because of the whole Twitter thing. And regardless of where you stand on the Israel Palestine conflict, if you believe in free speech, free speech, brother, you shouldn't censor yeah. anyone, whether Support Israel, support Palestine. Who cares which way I or agree. the other? And the fact that he showed it, he showed his colors there. What I think, it's one big giant Honeywell to bring us all on Twitter. And then they'll do their algorithms and they will mark you as someone that's good or bad in the future. That's why I'd always ask you on Facebook, what do you think? Because they want to know exactly what you think so they can input your data, use their supercomputers and try to know you better than you know yourself. Just yeah. Dude. On YouTube the other day, there was like a, a video, I forget what, but sort of conspiratorial minded, maybe, you know, I forget what it was, definitely on the edge of sort of tin tinfoil hat vibes. And underneath it, YouTube said, is the above video something you really like? Is this good for your algorithm? I'm like, I'm not answering that, dude. I know what you're trying to do. Trying to put you in the echo chambers, what they're trying to do. Yeah. That's why we need. Yeah. And try and networks like TNT Radio Live. That's TNT. Exactly. Thank God for TNT Radio.
That's right. I- TNT Radio Live. Now there is one thing I do want to bring up. It is the 16th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence of the Republic of Kosovo. I'd like to thank all the countries that supported the plight of my people. I lost quite a bit of family in that conflict. That's why I get very heartbroken when I see what's happening in the Middle East. It's just absolutely horrific to see that many people dying. And it's giving me flashbacks of of what I went through when I lost 30 people in my family and hearing those screams and those cries. And um, today is literally the day that countries like Australia, America, and the West recognized the Declaration of Independence, allowing the Albanians of Kosovo to be a free and independent nation, which I'm scared of, brother. I'm scared because we don't really have a military. We are one of the most pro-Western countries on the face of the earth. We love America. We love Australia. Tons of Albanians live in Sydney and Melbourne. Shout out to my Albanians in Australia. Big supporters of mine. And, you know, we're fighting this proxy war with the Ukraine, right, against Russia, sending trillions of dollars. We allowed millions and millions of dollars of equipment in the hands of the Taliban. And yet you have this pro-American country that is recognized by the United States of America, recognized by Australia, and yet they will not arm and train them or let them into NATO. Meanwhile, our neighboring country is Albania, same people, divided by borders the world put on us. Albania is in NATO, so why wouldn't they let Kosovo join? And why do you really care what Russia thinks anyway when you're already fighting a war with them, whether you want to admit it? You're fighting a, if you're giving trillions of dollars to a country to fight a war, America's at war with Russia. And that doesn't mean I agree with that either, by the way. I don't. I think we what did you think of the Putin interview? What did you think of the Tucker Carlson Putin interview? I have said it so many times on my podcast, and when I come on shows like yours, and I've been saying it for a long time, the fact that we can never see these world leaders on our mainstream media speaking the way we got to see them with Tucker, that is mm-hmm. journalism. Whether you agree or not, I don't care. We have a right to, to hear in today's world where we're so connected. You know, you're in Arizona. I'm in New York. This is broadcast from Australia. But I mean, look at how simply we're doing this in today's yeah. world to not be able to hear what these leaders. I want to hear what the leader of China has to say translated. I don't want to hear Me your too. opinion. And for Tucker to have taken that interview, you know, and asked, he asked him some hard questions. Tucker tried to call him out on a few things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the that's journalist general. that's in prison that's and press. all that. That's yeah. not trying to manipulate my opinion. That's let me hear what Putin has to say. Let me hear what the leader of Ukraine has to say. I want him to talk for an hour. I want to hear. We're sending trillions of dollars. Our people in America are struggling. Our roads in New York are garbage. You're putting toll on toll on toll, tax on tax on tax. You're taking our money. I think I have a right to hear what the other guy has to say. I want to hear what Poon has to say. I want to hear what Zelensky has to say. Did, I want to did hear- it shift your viewpoint? I mean, Beck, did you, did you shift your viewpoint at all in hearing what Putin had to say? Did you think it shifted the narrative? Do you think it had any kind of uh, uh, profound result one way or the other? I am very saddened by that conflict. And I really feel for the people of Ukraine. And I come from a people that's always been invaded. Now, he said he would take a couple of minutes to tell us the history. And he, I mean, he went on for hours about that. But 30 minutes. You know, my opinion is I wish that America just would have stayed out of it, out of this one. Because I believe with the expansion of NATO, I believe Putin, they were forced to do something. But how many countries are you going to allow? And then when he said you guys wouldn't even let us into NATO, I mean, if yeah. what he's saying, if what he's saying is true, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I don't know. 
if what he said in that interview is true, then we really are the aggressor and they made their yeah. move. And I blame all the administrations before us for not allowing Russia into NATO, which would mean you wouldn't even need NATO, right? Because NATO was created to go against Russia. So if Russia came into NATO, we might have been that much closer to <laughs> having world peace, in my opinion. Now, yeah, hey, so Beck, also a, a big aspect of you is your knowledge of uh, the Bible, of, you're a religious scholar, you're a Muslim. Um, I'm curious what, what's your take on, one, I guess, just in all this chaos we're describing and sort of like this doomsday scenario that seems to be upon us all the time, right? Like, wh what do you think people's, like, get, switching it to a positive vibe, like, what do you think people's out uh sort of way out is in terms of maybe like religion what do you, uh, like how do you think how do people escape the sort of negativity of this situation and i'm also kind of curious what your take is as a muslim about the current state of things in the world via uh israel palestine and all that and, and what that's done to your headspace as a muslim i've gone viral for a message of unity You've seen my videos everywhere. I've had billions of views literally in the last year, billions of views. And then when this conflict started up between the Palestinians and Israel, it went viral again because it's a message of unity. My video that went viral was from an interview that I did where I said Christians, Muslims, and Jews are brothers. And the fact that they kill each other is a disgrace because in essence, they all believe in the God of Abraham and they all believe in the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are real simple. Don't take what's not yours. Don't kill don't commit adultery, blah, 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 right? Same rules for all three religions. My message is they have so much in common. They are being pushed to kill each other. They want to say there's collateral damage when you blow up a building to kill one terrorist. There's 300 innocent people in there. I don't care which side does it, right? Yeah. There's terrorists do that too, right? It's terrorists terrible. blow up a building. If the Israelis drop a bomb on a, on a school and there's kids in there, well, you know, release the hostages. I'm sorry. It, in my opinion, the aggression has gone a little too far on their part. I really believe that they're, they're losing. They might be winning militarily, but I really feel like Israel is losing moral support all over the world right now for its response. I really wish they would have chose a better direction. And again, I know they're going to blame, you know, what happened on October 7th, but it's just absolutely horrific. And the way everything is going down over there, what do I believe? I believe we're in the end of times, brother. I believe that this is not looking well. I am trying to scream into the wilderness Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and especially Christians and Muslims. I believe there are powers out there that are forcing you guys to hate each other. They want you to kill each other. They brain you, brainwash you with their messages on the media that the Muslims are coming for you. When you look at it, it's technically the other way, right? All these wars, we went to Afghanistan for what? We're going to take our totality, man. We're going to take, that's what George mm -hmm. Bush kept saying. And I was like, go get them, right? Because I was in the World Trade Center. I was very depressed watching all that happen in real life. And here we are 20 years later, and we left there. We left them back in power with more weapons than ever. So what the hell was right. the point? So for me, I'm really anti-war, brother. I hate it. I lost family. I know. You're a I loving guy now, but you're Muslim. And, and then so people hear things like, oh, Muslims are always like death to the infidel and all that. What do you got to say to that? That's a, that's a mischaracterization, isn't it? Of death of the infidel, first of all, in reference, and they try to quote the Quran, has nothing to do with Christians or Jews. It was talking about the pagan Arabs that were attacking the Prophet Muhammad during his lifetime. As a matter of fact, the 
first Muslims were saved by Christians in Ethiopia, which back then was called Abyssinia. And the leader of the Abyssinians, the Negus, as he was called, N-E-G-U-S, not the bad word where your mind might have went, N-E-G-U-S was the king of the ancient Ethiopians. And he gave refuge to the first Muslims. If it wasn't for those Christians, Islam might have been wiped out. Like these stories are never told because they don't want Christians and Muslims to love each other. You both love Jesus Christ. You think the Muslims are any bit, but if we look throughout history, Joseph, you had the Huguenots fighting, you know, in, in France, you had the Huguenots and the Catholics, the Protestants and Catholics killed each other. They both believe in Jesus Christ as their primary source of God. And, mm-hmm. and so... Why is it that much harder to make Muslims and Christians hate each other? It's been going on throughout history. Corrupt leaders, kings, popes, sultans of the Turkish Empire, these are your enemies, kill each other. No, you cannot kill another human being and call yourself a Christian, a Muslim, or a Jew, period. None of the doctrines allow that. Any loss of innocent life, and I quote the Holy Quran, to take one life is to take the life of all of humanity. It's as if you killed the whole world. And to save mm-hmm. one, it's as if you saved the whole world. You are not yeah. allowed to commit suicide in Islam. You are not allowed to blow up a building. You're not allowed to kill women and children. This is clearly defined in that book. The problem is nobody reads any of the books. No one even knows their own religion, and they want to judge other religions. My message is clear. We are all brothers and sisters. I love Jesus Christ with all of my heart, and that's a Muslim saying that. I believe he's coming back down. Let's talk he's about already, he's already come back. He's born again within us. You know what Let's, I love about the Muslim well, we faith? Got in common, it, Joseph. It, Let's talk yeah, about no. what we, we love Listen, the guy. We love I, him. Yeah, of course. Praise Jesus. But what I love about the Muhammad thing and the Muslim faith is that it's all based on this guy who was kind of like not that like never showed a talent for writing. Suddenly he went off and wrote this book that was so badass. Amazing, my friend. So amazing that he that it was like, oh, this must be from God, right? And even in his prophecies, which is interesting, towards the end of time, so Muslims and Christians both believe in an antichrist, someone that will come down towards the end of time and tell the world that he's God, but he's not God, right? He's not the Messiah. We know that Jesus Christ is in the Christian and and Muslim faith. Jews didn't recognize him as the Messiah, but so... They both have that same end of the world scenario. What's interesting is that, you know, they, they're, they're, the prophet Muhammad actually said that towards the end of time, there would be one group of Christians and one group of Muslims who would unite to fight against the Antichrist. Very interesting. Very, very and do you think do you like do you have you heard about like the sort of aliens that are coming that might be interdimensional beings that might be sort of no from aliens, the demonic also. realm? Do you do you think this is happening right now as we speak? Do you think we're in for like basically the real world turning into an episode of Ghostbusters? If I told people and they can pull up my podcast whenever they want the B-E-K lover, be like boy, E like Edward, K like Kimberly lover, just type it in. You'll see I had an episode called Aliens uh demons and god basically right i don't believe that there's aliens the way they're telling us okay if you want to see an alien folks those that are watching those that are listening around the world go to your bathroom and look in the mirror based on the abrahamic faiths we are the aliens we're the ones that fell down from heaven i do believe what you said though i believe there are demonic beings in a parallel dimension that are trying to come into our dimension. I believe the CERN project maybe plays a role in this. I believe science has figured out a way to open a portal. And what I fear is 
They're going to give it under the guise that there's aliens that are coming, but it's actually these demonic beings that are in a parallel dimension. The devil's army or the bottomless pit, as the Bible says. I think they have figured out a way to literally create, open up wormholes that allow them into this dimension and they keep their powers. We know the devil's a shapeshifter. We know that the demonic realm can travel faster than the speed of light. This is why the occult was always fascinated with Solomon. Solomon's gift was he had the power to control the dimension of light and darkness. The prophet Solomon had the power to control the dimension of light and darkness. He used to command these demonic beings to bring him jewels that he can decorate his temple with. All those myths of the flying carpets and teleportation, it's all in Solomon's history if you study it. And this is why the occult was obsessed with Solomon. It's why they went under his temple and maybe found manuscripts or a way to communicate with these beings. And if, the, if people in America and people around the world never heard of the name Aleister Crowley, if you don't know who that guy is, he's on the, uh, one of the covers of the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's only Mr. Art. Crowley, then you're done, done, done. Then you're not an Ozzy Osbourne fan if you've never heard of Aleister Crowley or a Led Zeppelin fan. We're going to pick it up with that dark magician Aleister Crowley right after these words on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Joe Biden is fortunate that Pinocchio is a children's story and not reality, for if it were, his nose would be so long it would stretch not to the moon, not to Mars, not even to Jupiter, but to Pluto and back. Joe's been an inveterate liar his entire life. He lies as though lies were the very oxygen he needs to survive. And now he's told the biggest lie of all, that until November, Americans will know that the border is open because of Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. No, Joe, the border is open because the people that are running you want a permanent Democrat governing majority, and they think that this is the way to get it. It's not. We're going to put an end to all of this. And as the president promised, we're going to see the most amazing, and massive deportation effort in American history. We want immigration, but you gotta come here legally. If you're here illegally, there's the door, and out the door you go. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. The Kids Cancer Project funds vital research into childhood cancers, and you fund the Kids Cancer Project. Funding research means giving children back their lives. And who knows what kids with cancer could grow up to do. The Kids Cancer Project. Survival starts with science. Donate now. The Kids Cancer Project. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. The battle for, uh, the battle of, rather, good and evil seems to certainly be upon us. Back, you were just going in on Aleister Crowley. What what were you about to say about him? I'm not here to, first of all, the number one problem we have in today's world is people listen, even to me. You should question everything you hear. You should find out where the source is from. You should find out who's broadcasting the message, who sponsors them, who pays them. And then maybe you can see if there's any bias in, in whatever you're studying in life. And that's not just for the news. That's for anything. 
So I always tell anyone that's listening to me, please don't take my word for anything. Please double check me. Please check references. That's the number one problem we have right now. People just see a 30 second clip, they're moved by it. Okay, that must be the truth. It's very dangerous. So please, if you don't know who Aleister Crowley is, please study who Aleister Crowley was. This guy was involved with everybody. And then if you want to talk about space, like we were talking earlier, Jack Parsons, father of modern rocketry. This was one of Crowley's disciples. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff together. And he has a dream where a being contacted him named Belial Dajjal. Belial Dajjal. Dajjal is the Arabic word for antichrist. This guy's not Arab. Mm. He said he saw a dream where the antichrist came to him and told him how to make the fuel that took us supposedly to space. What's more important, Joseph, if you look at Aleister Crowley's drawings of these mm. gods, there was a god named Lam that came to him in a vision. It looks just like a gray alien. I am telling you, this has been going on for a long time. It's the crossing of dimensions, the demonic dimension with our dimension. I think they figured a way to bring them into this world. That is why they are declassifying all this stuff. That is why even Tucker said there's something spiritual about it. Like yeah. I've been saying this for a long time, Joseph. It's all on my YouTube channel. It's on every podcast. I've, for years, I've been saying. David, right, I let me say this. Let me say this. So you said if you want to see an alien look in the mirror, I say if you want to see the the alien prison or the way they're going to kidnap you, just look at the device in your hand. The technology was the big trade-off for the abduction of all the children, apparently. That's one rabbit hole I went on. But the fact is that the aliens gave us the secrets of tech. And so the, the all this technology, the new Vision Pro, look at the kind of strange way it's kind of this technological parasite over your face and it's like isolating you more and more and the and i went and checked it out had the tour of it went down the 30 minute like let's see what the vision pro is and it, now you're going inside the tech that's what this is whereas with the phone and with the computer it's already overwhelming our lives but we're still outside of the tech but with the Vision Pro, and once those get smaller and sleeker and easier to deal with and cheaper, we're going to be inside the technology and we're going to have a hard time ascertaining what's real and what's technology. And I want to ask you, too, about this, Beck, because the Super Bowl this year was hecka weird. Or I guess I can say hella. <laughs> it was hella weird. And Taylor Swift and that Kelsey Grammer, I mean, not that that's what his name is, I know, uh, but it's whatever his name is, Kelsey, I, I forget. But, you know, and then they, they flashed to Taylor Swift and her in Ice Spice or the Spice friend who's doing the satanic devil signs with the upside yeah. down cross. And, and then you have like the mass shooting afterwards, which is the same number of, uh, I forget, of the, of the quarterback or, you know, there's all these correlations and rabbit holes people are going down. It, it does seem more demonic now. It seems like this strain and, and then the Pfizer connection with those two and then. And then Joe Biden doing that weird meme of dark Brandon with the laser eye saying just how we wrote it, which is a, a very odd troll. It, apparently, I thought for sure he was hacked and then that couldn't have been real. Turns out it was real and it was him doing a troll and uh, say, like two right wingers that say the Super Bowl is scripted, which it definitely seemed like it was. 
and it's an odd troll and then he got a lot of flack for it because there was uh a, you know quite a few deaths in gaza that they were equating with that message just like we wrote it so what do you make of all this man what what's up with football now being exposed to sort of world wrestling federation sort of scripted stuff and, and the sort of weird satanic dark alistair crowley sort of rituals going around around that game and the taylor swift connection and all that what's your take of that circus and bread my friends circus and bread Isn't you know when on that though when i visited rome and you see the coliseum the first thing i thought of as a young man when i was there i went there right after 9 11 actually was they had stadiums too they had sports some of it was crazy right i mean feeding people to lions but they had these same you know things we have today and they're no longer here anymore the romans are long gone and i feel like are we at the end of our cycle here in the west because it really feels like that it really feels like there's something wrong because it just doesn't make sense what's going on it's like you're you're you literally have to question your sanity there's definitely i saw the ice spice i've actually met her twice i was in front of the nomad hotel in new york city she was coming in she seemed like a sweet girl but after seeing her going like this with her hands yeah you know, doing this and then with the upside down cross i mean she wasn't vague no it's not it's not like oh that could have been no it was like direct you know why these things are always done by the way on checkered boards no if you look at, i know that's you, illuminati 33rd degree mason stuff but i don't know why always, they always have done. checkered floors because it symbolizes the dark tiles and the white tiles symbolize the crossing of the dimensions the dimension of darkness and the dimension of light the two pillars mm -hmm. of the temple of solomon the obsession mm -hmm. of working with that dimension this is what's been going on i know it sounds crazy to people i am telling you there are no aliens there are demonic forces working with people on this side of our world and they are trying to come into this world and i think the reason they're telling us there's aliens the reason they're saying there's all these videos is because we may see a massive event some people call the project blue Bleem. i don't i think we're actually going to see it joseph i think you're going to see these beings i think we're going to see things that boggle the mind and that will make us question if God even exists. And that's the goal. The greatest deception the devil ever pulled was not to convince the world he, did, he didn't exist. It was to convince the world he was an alien, Joseph Arthur. Mm, that's interesting. Now, how do you keep yourself in spiritual shape? I think now with all this stuff going on, whether whether we see Project Blue Beam or see, uh, you know, a real explosion of, of spiritual magnitude or society just collapsing or the so-called, you know, blackout that might happen and all the rest of it. How do you keep yourself sane and spiritually fit to deal with all this, to enjoy your life, to still sort of devote yourself to god and your faith and what that and you know all that that entails i truly believe in divine wisdom i believe that god is in command it's been refreshing over the last few years as horrible as it's been seeing my christian brothers and sisters feeling the same way that's why i've been trying to be a bridge between these two communities because that's half the world if the christians and the muslims can just realize they're not enemies man you guys believe in the same exact thing who Jesus was and what position we put him in, whether he was God or just a prophet. You know what? That's for God to judge us. 
But me and you, we're on the same page. I believe in what you believe in. I believe in the nuclear family. I believe that there's a God. I believe there'll be a day where we all answer for what we've done wrong. I believe I don't have the right to take the life of an innocent person. I believe in family. I believe in respecting the government and the country you live in, as the Prophet Muhammad ordered people. You must obey the laws of the nation you live in. Again, ask yourself, who controls the media? What's their bias? Is it in their favor to make you hate a certain group of people? Where have all the wars been fought in the last 20, 30 years? If they really didn't have a reason, right? If it was just to wage war to wage war, then they got to make you hate a group of people. They got to demonize them. When's the last time you ever seen a Middle Easterner ever look good in a movie? They're always portrayed as animals and evil people, and they can't have a family. So that when they're blowing them up with jets and bombs, you don't feel so bad. You're like, oh, okay, get those crazy terrorist people. But we're talking about a faith of 2 billion people, Joseph. I'm, I'm a Caucasian male. I'm white. Yes, I'm of that faith. People think a Muslim, some guy with a turban on his head and is going to blow you up with dynamite. Like the level of ignorance in this world, that's our greatest enemy. That's the greatest virus, Joseph, is ignorance. Mm. People not knowing nothing about nothing, assuming they do, there's nothing more dangerous than an idiot that thinks they're smart. There's nothing more dangerous than that, in my opinion. Why do you think divide and conquer works so well? I mean, do you think it's because people sort of are their foundation is in their ego and they're divorced from their spirit and they're and they're divorced from a spiritual life and they're on social media just getting into bickering arguments that sort of prompt their own egos up? I mean, this divide and conquer thing has been used against us across the board and continues to be used against us. Why do you think it works so well? Because if you don't hate who they want you to fight, then you're not going to fight. And if you don't have an enemy, then you can't justify the wars and all this disgusting crap that's been going on for the last hundred years, man. It's just the hardest thing I had to learn as an Albanian, as someone from Kosovo who lost his family in that war, was to not hate Serbians and to not put them all in one box and to not demonize them all. And there's some Albanians that get mad, might even get mad at me for saying it, but it's just, I can't put them all in one box. They're not all evil. Not every Muslim's a terrorist. Not every, uh, you know, uh, it's just putting people in boxes, man. This, yeah. That's exactly what's going That's how you, you divide people. And throughout history, these people finance both sides of most wars. So they don't care that we're divided because they're making money on both sides. They're controlling. They're getting the country's resources. They're putting their puppets in power. You don't like what's going on in the Middle East. Why don't you go back and see who put these dictators in power? Let's start there. You don't like what's going on in Israel and Palestine. Well, who created those countries? Who put those people in power? How come yeah. they didn't give the Palestinians a state right from the beginning? And we might not be here right now. It's a horrible anytime, thing. Yeah, anytime you put anybody in a box, people in boxes, a whole group in a box, you're always wrong. It is always wrong. It's like when I heard people start doing that about Palestinians, it was like, these, you don't understand these people or this, that, and the other. It's like, no, as soon as you say these people, or you're wrong. You are wrong. I don't care what these people you're talking about. People can't be put in boxes. Now, Beck, let's take it back. Let's, we, you know, we're almost out of time. I want to ask you, uh, because, um, and, you know, not to be sad about it, but to celebrate him when Mikey passed. And, and I would always think about him talking about doing his passion project and kind of never really getting what it to was. it. I found out oh, what, what Wow. What was it? Can you tell me now or should you tell me in private? What was it? No. From what I understood, Mikey wanted to open up a music studio. 
Do you want really? to buy and then open up a music recording studio and start making music? This is what I was told. I would have loved to have helped him. He should have told me about that. I could have helped him with that. That's insane. That's beautiful. And that's touching to me in, in a deeply personal way. I, I, I have to ask you this, though. Now, like, because you, me, Mikey, there's a few other people. There was a lot of dreamers in that area. And we would always talk about things we wanted to do. And a lot of us were kind of like struggling with a low-grade addiction of hanging out there. And, and part of it was because the community was so amazing. And the people were so fun to be around. So it was like, that artists. was the draw more than, more than the substance, a lot of artists. But when Mikey passed, I want, I want to ask you this, did, did part of you go like, oh my God, time is limiting. I need to just do these things. I'm still meeting resistance from, did you have any of those kind of moments like to where it's like, I'm going to, I got to persevere on a goal. I haven't sort of achieved yet. I know you're a big dreamer and I know you have lots of potential and you know, you have lots of potential and you're tapping into a lot of it, but you still have more to tap into. Did it inspire you in that way? Yeah. It made me very sad, brother. I, 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 sir, I, I'm, you know, I cried for like three days, bro, on, without stopping. It's just that, you know, the greatest thing in life is to try to have a life where you don't have too much regret. You know, being able to say goodbye to someone or, 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 or fixing something before someone passes away or, you know, and thank God I never had a bad relationship with Mikey. I was just sad I hadn't seen him for a while. And I was like, still in contact with him all the time, but to not have had the chance to have seen him one more time. So I think the greatest lesson in life, the older you get, especially young people is like, you got to really be careful. Don't think you have tomorrow. Don't assume it's going to be there. And if, you know, you care about someone, if you can make amends, even if they were wrong and it's just bothering you that you're not talking, please go talk to them. Life yeah. is so, sh you never know when someone's going to die and you might not get a second chance and carrying that type of pain and you get enough of those losses in your life, it can make you very bitter. And I think a lot of people are bitter because they live life full of regrets of the things that they should have done when they had the chance. Regrets are important. You're going to have them. There is no way not to have regrets. The point is, though, memento more, like what the Stoics did, know that you're going to die. Make the regrets be fuel for your present moment awareness of going towards what you want to go. Let the regrets be your teacher. Don't 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 aspire to live a life without regrets. That would be impossible, uh, I think. But it, it's not impossible to not allow them to also then become our teachers and push us forward, right? One of my favorite poems and the way I try to live my life is the poem by Dylan Thomas. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. You know, life is so short that that darkness is coming at the end of the you know, the where one day you're not going to be here no more. And that poem is about raging against the dying of the light that eventually the, the sunset comes for all of us. So every moment you have, live your life to the fullest. Do as much as you can. Live with intention and purpose. Stay focused. I've been knocked down a million times. I've been through every nightmare you can think of in this world. I refuse to give up. You can't give up. And together, we will save the world, Joseph Arthur. Oh, yes. Beck Lover, uh, you've been amazing as I always do. Tell everybody where to find you. I hope you enjoyed being on the Joseph Arthur Technicolor Dreamcast. Beck Lover at B-E-K. Be like boy, E like Edward, K like Kimberly. Beck Lover NYC like New York City or BeckLover.com for all my links. Check out my over 100 podcast episodes. And Joseph, always a pleasure.
Always a pleasure, my friend. Beck, I hope to see you again soon. And I, I hope I'm in New York again soon. I probably am going to be there sometime soon. Anyway, check out Beck Lover, everybody, and keep listening right here to TNT Radio. We'll be right back. <laughs> 